Roxo Media House. From the Flying Tea Club Studios at Roxo Media House, this is Frogs Today. With special guest, TCU Men's Basketball Associate Head Coach, Tony Benford. Plus an analytics breakdown of TCU versus Michigan from our numbers experts. We talk bowl preparation with some of the stars of this year's frog football team. And we check in on some true multi-talented student athletes from track and field. voice of the TCU Horned Frogs, Brian Estridge. Welcome into the Friday edition of Frogs Today. We come to you here from the Flying Tea Club Studios. I'm Brian Estridge. We've got a jam-packed day for you here. We're going to talk some men's basketball. we got some football we got to get into. We're going to catch up with some of the guys on this team, talk about what's coming up here in the next couple of weeks for them. we got a track update. Oh, and we're going to start to break down some numbers now for TCU and Michigan. Right now, though, we start the show off the top with one of our favorites. It's uh, Tony Benford. He's the associate head coach on the men's basketball team, of course, under Coach Jamie Dixon. He joins us right now. Coach, good to see your face. Thanks for hopping on with us. All right, 8-1 and one at this point. Had that hiccup earlier in the year against Northwestern State, and we talked about it at the time. Could that actually be a good thing for your team? I think your group's responded quite well since then. Well, no, no doubt, Brian. Glad to be with you guys. Uh, I, I think, you know, obviously that game we're out, Mike and Damon, those guys are our leaders. And uh, without those guys, it's tough to play anybody, you know. And any team lose their backcourt, it's going to be very difficult. I don't care who you play. But uh, I think since then, our guys are responding. Guys are starting to get healthy. Uh, I thought the trip, uh, the, the obviously the trip to Destin, uh, beating Cal and Iowa, that was really good, especially the Iowa game. I thought our guys really did a great job defensively, and we talked about that, and great job offensively, execution-wise, and and so and, and rebounding-wise. So I think we're, we're really starting to, to gel a little bit. And I thought the other night against SMU, we looked at it, played 35 minutes of solid basketball. Uh, the last five minutes, did you know, I'm sure Coach expressed that to you, we did not finish that game the right way like a – a veteran team that should finish a game. And there's some things we know we got to clean up. And, uh, you know, when you're up 18 with four minutes to go and, you know, you only win by eight, you got to do some, you know, you got to make sure you address that. And we will. And our guys understand that. We just got to close games out. You know, it, that's a tough position, too. You're up 18, as you said, with four minutes to go. At what point, as a coach, do you say, all right, let's start taking some air out of this thing? And and with the three ball the way it is, and, and that team had struggled shooting the three, really, for the last several games. All of a sudden, it got kind of semi-hot on you. And, and you, you know, you're, you're like, where, where did this come from, right? Well, yeah, well, the one thing we did, Ryan looked at, I looked at it like four or five times, I'm sure Coach has too, but the one thing, we had some breakdowns, we were turning the ball over. They had some, yeah. they put, you know, pressed us a little bit, and we had some just some turnovers, careless turnovers that we shouldn't have had, and then we took a couple of quick shots that uh, probably, you know, you want to run a little bit more clock, you know, you don't want to get too conservative, but you got to gotta be smart about it, and uh, we just didn't do a good job 
uh, with that, taking care of the basketball down the stretch. And for overall, the game, we limited them to two threes the entire game. So we right. did that because we that was one of our goals because they were shooting the ball pretty well going into it. And we did a great job taking away the three. But, you know, we let them get away from us and had some defensive breakdowns, miscommunication, our ball screen coverage late. Uh, the last three or four minutes in that game. But uh, we finished the game, and uh, we got some things, some things that we can build on and learn from. Yeah, and I said they got hot late. They they, they got away with a couple, too. That you're like, where'd that come from, you know? Uh, and, 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 and you're right, turning you over like they did. That was a, that was a good display, too, by the way, of because uh, there were like three of them, I think, where you just didn't put enough zip on the ball, right? Passing it. You just kind of lobbed it up there, and guys took it. Exactly. We work on our press hole every day, and our guys know that. We tell our guys we, we run through the ball. That's yeah. the one term we use, our meet the pass, you know. So we didn't do a great job of, of running through passes or meeting the ball. So we got to continue to do that. And then a couple times we got trapped in the corners. We went too deep. We tried to stay above the free throw line, you know, to go get the ball. But they did a good job. I give them credit. Uh, they did a great job of putting pressure on us and, and, and forcing us in areas that we didn't need to be in. So uh, we got to do a great job of when we see the trap coming, get rid of the ball, and then if we do break the press, we want to attack it if we have numbers. If not, just pull it out and execute our offense. I, I love this nine games that you've played so far because you've kind of gotten any game you can name. Uh, and, and that's where I think Jamie does a terrific job of scheduling because you see a lot of different looks and it prepares you for Big 12 play. I'm thinking back to these last two games where you've seen that 2-3 zone. First time against Jackson State, coach talked about how he didn't react to it as well as you want. He had done a little something different. I thought they handled that 2-3 zone that SMU threw at you a little better. Yeah, we did. And going into the game, you know, SMU's only played, you know, obviously Jackson State played the game, uh, played the zone quite a, played a two, three part quite a bit, trying to match up a little bit out of it. And SMU, that was my scout, and they've only had five possessions all year, Brian, of, of uh, playing the two, three zone. But they figured they're looking at our three point numbers and figured they probably need to play a little bit more zone because we were getting in the lane at will. But uh, I thought we did a great job. Coach made an adjustment. We started running our motion and attacking that and got Eddie some touches at the high post, and our guys were doing a great job of cutting. Through the get, uh, cutting through the zone and kept moving. We weren't stagnant. We didn't stop. And, you know, a lot of times we sit there and we're watching, passing back and forth. We had great movement, ball movement. Uh, you know, we got the ball inside and played a little bit through Eddie, and he made some great passes out of that zone. So we're going to see that moving forward. Providence played a little bit too. And I thought, like you say, playing against different styles, you're right. You know, Providence is an old physical you know, uh, Big East uh, type game, similar to league, you know, beat you up type team, like, you know, defensively. But, uh, you know, then obviously, you, heard, uh, you know, with the Iowa, they want to play up-tempo. And, and and now you got, you know, we got obviously Mississippi Valley State coming up. We got, then we got Utah, who's playing really team. well. One of, yeah. one of the best teams uh, in the Pac-12 right now. And so that's going to be a huge challenge. But we're not going to overlook the first, you know, Mississippi Valley. But this week we're going to spend time, you know, this is great for us. You know, guys take care of their academics. And we can get them in the gym and get extra shots up. And, and uh, we got, we're going to have practices uh, start tomorrow. They've been out two days. But we'll be able to really lock in on ourselves and just kind of share up some things offensively and defensively that we need to work on. All right, I want to hit you one other thing real quick before I let you go. Tony Benford's with us right now. Damian Ball uh, back now for these last couple of three games. Uh, this offense flows better with Damian on the floor. I'm not breaking any news there, Emma. No, no. It makes a difference. It takes pressure off Mike. Yeah. Mike was, I think, was counting doing more. He was counting down more than Damon the, the, the hours and the days and the minutes when Damon was going to come back because it, it relieves him. You got another quality ball handler out there. And, and in my opinion, this, those two guys can be the best backcourt in the country, you know, when they're flowing and, and doing a great job playing off one another and getting everybody and their teammates involved. And, 
And, uh, and Damon just sets the tone. He takes pressure off Mike. He takes pressure off all the guys. He, you know, he's got great speed and quickness. He's a really good defender on ball and off the ball defender. So uh, that that frees up Mike to, you know, the, on the defense a little bit. You know, we can guard a, another guy. But uh, he's doing a great job. You know, I think he he feels bad the other night because he kind of got curlers. I think at three or four turnovers the other night. And those, he knows he's got to cut those down. And he will. He'll be in the gym today. He'll be watching film and uh, on his own and, and with, with uh, one of our GAs. And, and so he knows he's got to continue to, to improve and, and just get in the groove. That's where it's at. You know, when you've been out six games, but he's been practicing still, when you get in the game, it's, it's the, you know, the speed of the game sometimes is a little bit different. But uh, he's doing a great job. We're excited to have him back. By the way, grab your pen there on your desk and mark down uh, under the uh, yes column. Mark down Estridge for yes on the gray and the black uniform. I like both of them. <laughs> no, they, I tell you, I get Justin Shaw, uh, who's our equipment guy. He's one of the best in the country. He does a great job with that. He, I know he coached Thomas. Those guys uh, worked on that with him, but uh, they're 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 unbelievable. I get a yeah. lot of recruits that have commented on them so far. So we're going to keep uh, changing the game on that end. That's associate head coach Tony Benford, part of this TCU men's basketball program here. Horn Frogs, Mississippi Valley State coming up on Sunday afternoon. When we come back on Frogs today, start to break down that TCU-Michigan football game coming up on the 31st. We bring in our numbers expert from Advanced Scouting, of course, Parker Fleming, part of our team here at Frogs today. He's got that Purple Theory podcast. He's going to team up with Jamie Plunkett. They're going to start talking nerdy numbers. You're going to want to be here for that. We break down this game between TCU and Michigan next after this time. Dave's Hot Chicken is a cult favorite and now has two locations in Fort Worth, Bryant Urban Road on I-20 and Berry Street at TCU, both owned and operated by Horned Frogs. Mention the Frogs Today Show and get 10% off anytime and order online at daveshotchicken.com. The Flying Tea Club provides the everyday TCU fan and alum the ability to specifically support TCU student-athletes. Flying Tea Club offers three levels of memberships. The Flying Tea Club is a nonprofit organization supporting the brand development of TCU student-athletes through a series of unique event-based networking opportunities, which are exclusive to our members. These events provide a great social engagement tool for our members and student-athletes alike. Follow them on Instagram at Flying Tea Club or online at flyingteaclub.com. Rolling on to the Friday edition of Frogs Today. All right, it's time to kind of zoom in now. Let's take a deep dive into TCU and Michigan. Coming up on the 31st, game planning already happening for, the, happening for this football program. Well, we've got to do game planning of our own, don't we? Let's dive a little deeper into this matchup and just how similar these two teams are. Number two, Michigan. Number three, TCU. Parker Fleming and Jamie Plunkett break it down with some advanced scouting right now. Thanks, Brian. Jamie Plunkett here alongside Parker Fleming, Stats War on Twitter. Parker, thanks for coming back on the show today. Obviously a member of Frogs Today, Purple Theory Podcast with Grant McGalliard. Um, first and foremost, uh, as you've taken a look at Michigan and TCU, what about the data has stood out to you? Yeah, so I, you can't really make any comparisons here without acknowledging that Blake Corum, Michigan's leading rusher, is injured and out. So the first thing that stood out was that run game for Michigan. They're fourth, uh, excuse me, they're eighth in EPA per rush, um, expected points added an efficiency metric compared to TCU's 48th. Uh, best defense there. So that's definitely the defining matchup, but without quorum, uh, that run game is going to change a little bit. So that, that one really stood out to me. And also we get a really nice kind of best on best situation when TCU is on offense, TCU's offense 
is not very efficient in the pass game. They're only averaging a 37.2% success rate, but they're 22nd in explosiveness EPA per play. Uh, and Michigan, on the other hand, is seventh in explosiveness allowed, uh, but they're they're uh, 30th uh, in defensive passing success rate. So what that tells me is TCU on offense is going to have a lot of opportunities to be a little bit more successful and consistent in the pass game, which they're going to have to do because their explosiveness is going to be limited by a very good Michigan defense here. You know, that's really interesting that you bring that up because TCU obviously has the most scoring, most passing touchdowns in the country of 20 yards or more. So if that is less available for them, then they're going to have to be able to find uh, more creative ways to win. I think the best thing for TCU compared to maybe some other teams entering bowl season right now is health, frankly, and availability. You talk about some of the stars that are opting out. You talk about Blake Corum being out for Michigan. TCU doesn't really have much in that way of, of you know, injury loss or NFL draft loss at this point, which I think is, is pretty valuable, don't you? Yeah, especially when you think about TCU playing uh, what was it ended up being um, 11 games down the stretch mm-hmm. in a row of a week, uh, 10 different opponents over 11 games there in a very, very difficult stretch. That is a um, uh, hard to manage and is definitely going to take uh, a mental toll in terms of that preparation, that turnaround and a physical toll in terms of having to be ready. And we saw TCU was varying levels of health. But with with a couple of weeks here to prepare for one opponent and a couple of weeks to get healthy, the, there there is a lot of opportunities to say, hey, maybe TCU can do less surviving like they did in the last couple of games mm-hmm. and more thriving like they like they did when they were a little bit um, had had a game plan in mind and were able to kind of capitalize on it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you talk about thriving. I think about Max when he was in New York this weekend, getting a slice of pizza at one o'clock in the morning and just hanging out. Uh, with his girlfriend and his family and and he joked the next day that the pizza that he had late night was actually just a a head start on his carbs count for the next day (laughs) so uh you know had a chance to talk with ryan jackson of tcu strength and conditioning team and he did talk a little bit about what they are doing as far as rest and recovery this week and next week as they start to get into uh practice and preparation for michigan and and i think that uh, you're absolutely right. The grueling effect of that 11 games in a row uh, really put a damper, especially on the offensive side of the ball, I think, those last four or five weeks of the season. So it will be really interesting to see how creative TCU can be now that they've got a month to prepare for Michigan. But let's let's turn around to the other side of the ball and let's talk about TCU defense against Michigan's offense just a little bit. Because there is no Blake Corum, that doesn't necessarily mean that Michigan's run game uh falls off that much they've got an incredible backup running back who who did really well down the stretch there Uh, but what can you tell me about that side of the ball well michigan runs more than almost anyone in the in the power five and and almost anyone in in the nation they are um 115th in rush rate over expected so what that means is they are passing there are sorry they are the 115th uh least passing of anyone given the down distance and yard line uh 8.4 percentage points uh more than the average team is what they're rushing so you know you take into account first and 10 second third or second and three third and one whatever and and get an expected rush rate they're rushing 8.4 percentage points more than the average team um that's notable because a lot of times college football you have a split between run pass and Mm. bad teams in college football will run over bad teams um, Michigan has not been that Michigan has been a, a, a good team who runs over good teams. They're rushing that much, but they're 19th in EPA per pass eighth in EPA per rush. So a really nice balance on offense of efficiency on both sides there. 
um, that looks into TCU or that, that, that plays into TCU um, specifically in two ways. I mentioned before TCU's 48th in EPA per rush. They're 64th in EPA per rush, but there's a selection issue there because TCU has been in such competitive games and, and had to come back. They actually faced a kind of interesting slate of run pass mixes in different situations of the game um, as teams maybe tried to sit on a lead and TCU came back and then they faced more desperate teams trying to keep up. Um, there at the end as well. So that 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 gap, that you know, 20, 20 per point rank difference between TCU's rush and pass is a little misleading because of game state there. Um, but the run defense is definitely going to matter. Another thing that TCU doesn't do as well um on the defensive side of the ball is 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 uh prevent finishing drives, right? Uh, Michigan is 21st in points per quality possession, averaging 4.60. So when they get a touchdown inside, or excuse me, when they get a first down inside your 40, they're getting uh, averaging almost five points a drive. TC was allowing 3.8 points per drive, which is uh, again, 47th in the nation. So that's something that TC's defense is relatively worse about letting teams finish those drives. That's something that's going to matter because Michigan is going to play a, a brutal, slow, plotting kind of football. And if TCU can can hold them to a field goal, that might be the edge that they need on one of those drives to either make a comeback or, or put some distance between themselves and the Wolverines. Yeah, I think this plays out on the field in the trenches, right? When you talk about a strong running game, a, a really strong defense that minimizes explosive plays, uh, I think Michigan does have a significant advantage on the offensive and defensive lines in this matchup. But I do, maybe it's the biased frog in me, but I do think that TCU has a slight advantage when it comes to skill position players, especially on the offensive side of the football. Um, but it, it'll be really interesting to see how Michigan is able to assert themselves up front especially in the running game and to, to close out some of those drives like you're talking about. It almost, Parker, feels like we're, we're circling back to a conversation we had in 2011 right before the Rose Bowl where everyone looked at this Wisconsin team that was a really strong rushing opponent. I think they had James White and um, uh, a couple other uh, NFL running backs on that team as well. Uh, and everyone talked about how Wisconsin was just going to run over the frogs. And to an extent, late in the game, that did happen a little bit. But but the frogs were able to mitigate uh, the damage done on the ground a little bit. So it'll be interesting to see if that's the case again in, here in 2022 in the Fiesta Bowl. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I don't think, Jamie, this Michigan team is anywhere near the kind of just brutal physicality. But I also mm. think that TCU is a much more physical team. Realistically, as TCU has grown and have they, have they, as they've continued to recruit, um, a reminder that coming into the season, TCU was clear and away the third most talented team in the Big, Big 12 in terms of roster. Um, so that has not dropped off, even as the on-field product has been a little dicey in the last couple of years. They've they've maintained that kind of speed and identity, but they really have beefed up a lot. You look at a guy like Dom Williams, um, you know, traditionally much bigger, much beefier. Some of these linebackers that TCU have playing couldn't necessarily find a spot on the field in the 4-2-5, but in a 3-3-5, a little bit more flexibility to get some of those bigger, beefier bodies in there. So definitely will be some bulk. I think you look at... Um, the Illinois game is kind of a model, right? Mm -hmm. Can we frustrate them on offense? Uh, can we prevent them from scoring drives? And can we hit a home run once or twice? That's really what it's going to come down to. TCU's offense has been a home run offense this season. And so that that that's really, if you're talking yourself into TCU winning this game, you're really talking yourself into TCU's defense being able to match up um, against Michigan like TCU's defense did against Texas, for example, or uh, Illinois' defense did against Michigan, and then TCU connecting on a couple of those home run plays and uh, and surviving there. 
Uh, well, let's let's turn the page and, and take a look at the other semifinal here in the college football playoffs because I think people are going to look at your stats and see, all right, a 31.2% win probability for TCU against Michigan. But contextually, what is is there a significant difference in the gap between Ohio State and Georgia and TCU and Michigan at this point? There is not really because Georgia and Michigan have really separated themselves out as the best two teams in college football, just in terms of the metrics. And there's some movement around schedule adjustment. You know, Michigan had a bad offseason or bad out of conference schedule, for instance. But um, Georgia's the clear number one. Ohio State is is a top four team, though. In terms of opponent adjusted efficiency metrics, they're in that actual top four, whereas TCU is closer to that like 12th or 11th ranking. Um, and so there, there is definitely a little bit of a jump there. Um, but in terms of win probability and expectation, because Georgia is so much better um, than everyone and Michigan so much better than everyone, the gap between Ohio State and TCU is actually much smaller than the gap between Georgia and Michigan and Ohio State and TCU. So uh, I still have Ohio State with about a 34% win probability, um, losing by about six points there, even though they are, you know, the fourth, you know, those rankings aren't exactly um, the distance changes and TCU and Ohio state are actually a little closer in reality um, than, than they are to those, those top two teams of Georgia and Michigan. Well, I, I think it's going to be an interesting matchup for, for TCU and for Ohio state to see if either one of those guys can actually upset uh, what seems to be a kind of a Goliath program at this point. It's really been interesting to watch Michigan develop over the last three years to be where they, they were at a point where Jim Harbaugh renegotiated his contract to take less money per year uh, there was there's still talks about him leaving for the NFL at some point. He hadn't beaten Ohio State yet to the last two seasons, beating Ohio State not only last year, but this year, the way that they did at Ohio State in Columbus uh, and, and to run the table in the Big 12 uh, and just on their conference on their whole uh, schedule this year has been really impressive. So um, uh, definitely a really tough matchup for the Horn Frogs, but they've found ways to win in incredibly creative situations before. And, and there's no doubt that they could do it again if, if they play a really good game. Yeah, absolutely. They, they are, they are um, potentially uh, the underdogs, but I do not believe that they are just uh, on their face outmatched going into this game, which is not something I would have believed if you had told me at the start of the season that TCU was going to be in a competitive playoff game with the Michigan Wolverines uh, this, this, this winter. Well, shout out to Sonny Dykes and, and the work he and his staff have done this year. Uh, excited to see this one play out on the field, though, Parker. Thanks for thanks for coming on the show today, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. I like those two guys. They know what they're talking about when it comes to numbers, Parker and Jamie. Thanks for being a part of the Frogs Today team, guys. Coming up next, speaking of a teammate, David Bowden spent some time with some of our TCU football players at Hind Barbecue at that uh, Flying Tea Club event last week. He had a chance to go one-on-one -on -one with several of them, kind of get their thoughts as to where this group is right now and what preparation looks like over these next couple of weeks prior to that bowl game. Coach Bowden joins us next when Frogs Today continues in a moment. Texas-based Happy Water offers the best-tasting, sugar-free kids' drink ever made. Happy Water comes in four delicious flavors that you can find at local retailers and on Amazon. Each pouch contains zero grams of sugar, zero calories, and zero percent juice. Head to happydrinks.com for more information and to purchase Happy Water. That's H-A-P-I drinks.com. Live happy. Be happy. Drink happy. For exclusive interviews and content on TCU Recruits, subscribe now at frogstoday.com. Any sport, anytime. 
It's your source for all things TCU. Only on frogstoday.com. Say hello to the water of tomorrow. Richard's Rainwater. Richard's Rainwater is 100% rain. Refreshing, renewable, and the only ingredient we use in our water. Why rain? Because everyone deserves access to clean water. And rain is a 100% renewable resource available everywhere. Drink the rain. Save the planet. Shop now at richardsrainwater.com. Rocks today rolling on here on the Friday. Kind of a football intensive Friday, even though that bowl game a few days away. We had a chance to catch up with some of our Horn Frog players at Heim Barbecue as part of the Flying Tea Club event uh, that took place over there, the Winter Dallas uh, event, if you will. Uh, and Coach David Bowden was there for us, and he had some one-on-one -on -one time with these guys. He starts our conversation, well, with one of the best. Here's Coach David Bowden and Quentin Johnston. As we get closer here, we're, we're almost at, at, at game time. Tell us a little bit about what you expect from this, this Michigan team. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I mean, obviously, we, we expect them to, you know, throw the kitchen sink at us, you know, in terms because obviously, uh, you know, we are in the playoffs and, you know, uh, just like us, they're fighting for a national championship too. So, we, you know, we're expecting everything. You know, we, we're, we're working day in and day out to, you know, kind of meet, uh, uh, meet that and uh, hopefully surpass that in, uh, at, at the end of the game. As a receiver, playing in a game like this that's, you know, more of a, known as a physical game, you know, where, where things are going to have to battle it out, you know, how do you approach a game like that at your position? Kind of kind of just, uh, I mean, like for starters, kind of blocking out all the distractions with whether it's social media or like different people coming up to you, you know, uh, you know, day in and day out telling you how great you are because, you know, like obviously that's cool, but um, you can, it's real easy to get caught up into that. So, you know, I kind of, I kind of, I kind of, you know, like want to, take myself away from all that and then, you know, like get back to the basics of, you know, just playing football, thinking football, you know, grinding football, you know, um, uh, from the time I wake up, from the time I go to sleep. So, um, I mean, like obviously nothing nothing really changing for me um, from the season, uh, from the from the regular season, but, you know, just, you know, just keep my head to the ground and keep working. You talk about that, that consistency throughout the year and, and really probably a big reason why you guys are in the position you are now, just taking it that one day at a time. A lot of teams try to do that. What has been the, your, your secret to success in terms of being consistent and just approaching one day and winning that day? Yeah. You know, how, how have you guys done that as a leader yourself? How has you preached that, especially to the younger guys? Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, I mean, like it starts by trusting, trusting yourself, but, uh, you know, having, having a great deal of trust in your teammates. Uh, as well as a great deal of trust in your coaches. Uh, obviously, we have a you know completely new coaching staff from uh, you know what we're previously used to. But I mean, at the end of the day, you know we're still playing football, so we we, we really had no choice but to trust them. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know they plan uh, the plan they had and set for us. You know, is is working. So I mean, like obviously it's it was, it's working before. So we're gonna you know uh, trust it to keep working for us. Uh, you know, in the near future. Finally, Quentin, you know, a guy who's been around the program, you've had some ups and downs as, as, a, as a team. To be in this position now, Fiesta Bowl, college football playoff, what, what does that mean to you? I mean, I mean, it's, it's nothing shorter than a blessing. Uh, I mean, like obviously you said the past few years have been, it's, it's been ups and it's been downs. You know, obviously we feel like, uh, you know, the previous uh, two years we had, we, had, we had the team, we had the arsenal, you know, go out there and, you know, do some of the stuff we, we're doing this year, but it's just – it's just something was never clicking, uh, you know. Obviously, so like this is this is this is somewhat new ter uh, uh, territory to us because we are winning so much. But at the same time, like I said, we can't get too too caught up into it. We got to take it one day at a time and keep working. Well, we certainly appreciate you. We appreciate the way you represent uh, the frogs and the TCU community, and we wish you the best of luck this week against that Michigan team. Go get go get a win. Yes, sir, I appreciate you. Here with Mark Perry, Jared Wiley, guys. It's getting close to game time. Mark, tell us a little bit. What do you expect from this offense? You know this Michigan offense and this their style of play. 
Um, you know, they're really uh, want to run the ball football team. They're going, you know, they're going to try to, you know, really get us to to get out of place and mess with our eyes a lot. Uh, I know they like a lot of play action, hard run game. So, you know, it's going to be a good game. It's going to be a physical game. And, you know, just like it's been all year long, it's going to be 60 minutes. So. And, and for you, Jared, you're no stranger to all these, you know, five-star guys and all that kind of stuff that they'll they'll tout on that side of the ball, coming from where you, you came from at your last stop. But but defensively, at, at the end of the day, you know, what what is this team's identity and who are they on defense? Uh, you know, they're real physical. Uh, they play a real physical brand of football. Um, you know, they're number two in the nation for a reason. Um, you know, we just got to match their, uh, their physical uh, capabilities and we got to go out there and play our ball and, we'll, I mean, we'll be just fine. Uh, you know, here with two guys that that uh, obviously you know transferred into TCU and and uh, you know coming from different places, but you you both become leaders in your own right. And, and so, Mark, for you, how did that happen so quickly? A guy coming in and adding a lot of value to a team and your leadership role with the Frogs. Um, you know, I don't think it was much different. You know, from my last spot. You know, there's a lot of younger guys in my room uh, where I was at. So you know, I was already kind of used to being in that role. So. You know, coming somewhere where, you know, there weren't a lot of older guys in the safety room, you know, it's kind of easy just to transition into that role and, you know, just be be that guy that they can look up to, you know, do everything right and make sure they have an example. And, and Jared, for you, it seems like, you know, just talking throughout the year, that's something you've been really comfortable with and, and you were embraced right from the very beginning and, and you seem like you're having a blast. I don't know, you tell me otherwise, but it seems like a lot of fun. How did that happen so fast for you? Uh, you know, uh, a lot of people know that the tight end really wasn't using this offense um, for the past couple of years. Um, so just coming in and being a dominant guy and, um, you know, just <clears throat> just really understanding, um, you know, the team goals and, and the culture and, you know, just get, getting a feel for, you know, how, how the guys are on this team. You know, everywhere is different. So, um, you know, just, just getting that, that gel, um, you know, with me and all my other teammates, you know, uh, they, they made it really easy for me. Speaking of tight ends, and, and that's a position where we hear about all this physicality of this Michigan team they're going to face this week. Uh, talk about, you know, as a tight end, how you approach that and say, look, you know, I'm a physical guy myself, and we bring a lot to the table. And, and you know, from your standpoint, how do you match that? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just a mindset. Um, you know, you have to go into every game, um, you know, wanting to be physical and, you know, wanting to go hit somebody. Uh, I, I, think, I think that kind of falls into, you know, just the fact that, you know, a lot of the a lot of the guys on this team. You know, we've just been overlooked all year. So, just proving to ourselves and proving to everybody else in the nation that you know we, we can play that style of, of football too and that brand of football. You know, that that's a big deal for us. And Mark, for you, when you see a guy like this, you know, maul a defensive end and do that stuff on, on the other side of the ball. You know, you're a guy who rolls out and you arrive at the line of scrimmage with a purpose, right? You're a safety, but you know, you, you tackle and, and hit like a linebacker. Uh, how inspiring is it to see it? You know, kind of throughout your entire football team that physicality. Um, you know, honestly, it's just the it's just the expectation right now. You know, um, being able to go against you know Jared every day at practice. You know, that's nothing nothing much different from practice. Um, you know, a lot of people look at our defense and try to say that we're all speed, but you know, I think we're more than that. You know, I think we're really dynamic and you know we kind of bring that hybrid approach where it's like yeah we have a lot of speed but we're also really physical too and I think you can see that just in how we've worn opponents down you know throughout games. Yeah and finally you talk about really when it's going to go to both of you you talk about that speed and kind of what the Big 12 has been known for compared to the Big 10 right the Big 12 over the years have been a, a fast aired out type type brand of football the Big 10 obviously run the football tight ends fullbacks that sort of thing but, but really, uh, the Big 12 has changed, hasn't it? When you look at the Big 12 and the physicality, this isn't anything new for you, is it? 
Yeah, no, you know, we, we see a physical brand of football, you know, week in, week out. Um, you know, I, I don't think Kansas State gets enough credit for, you know, their level of physicality. But, you know, that's a very physical football team, you know, them, Oklahoma State. Um, you know, we, we've played some big-time games against some big-time people this year. And, uh, you know, they've all been very physical. Um, so, you know, like I said earlier, just, just being able to showcase, you know, our, our level of physicality and just our level and, and brand of football to the nation, um, you know, it's a, it's a really big deal for us. And same for you, Mark, with, with that offense, you know, it's not like if this was 10 years ago in the Big 12, this might be the first time that you see 12 personnel, 13 personnel, that sort of thing. But you you faced that quite a few times this year, right? Yeah, um, you know, we've played a, a lot of teams that live in 11, 12, 13, you know, have those heavier packages down on the goal line. So, you know, it's really, really not much new. You know, it's, it's a good thing that we've been able to go throughout the year and see those things so that, you know, when we do end up playing play Michigan, that it's not, it's not a shock to us, so. Well, we appreciate both of you, both of your time, and we're fired up for you. We're excited to, to root you on this week, and so go get a win out in Arizona. Standing here with quarterback Chandler Morris. Chandler, you know, going back this year, you've been uh, quite the team guy, right? You've, you've always said the right thing, done the right thing, and we all know it's genuine. You're a, a, a coach's son and, and kind of carry yourself as a coach already. But, you know, just the human element of it, the year that you've always gone through, uh, talk to me a little bit about just how tough that that was you know from the beginning of the year to now obviously you're, you're, you're celebrating success of your team of course um, but just for you personally how tough that is um, I mean obviously I'm so excited for our team um, Max as well I've been right there just patting him on the back uh, congratulating him um, I mean it's it's been a difficult year I've learned definitely learned a lot of things um, and kind of had to go through some stuff to learn these things and I think I'm going to be better off and I'm going to be hardened because of it and uh, this is going to help me later on in life and throughout my career. And you know, and, and you talk to teammates of yours, and, and they all say that, that you're, you know, a leader for this team. And obviously, you've taken on a different type of leadership role now. Uh, what's that been like for you in terms of just kind of having a different, different role in terms of leadership and, and how to attack that and approach that? How do you approach that? Uh, well, I mean, that was definitely an adjustment, I guess. Uh, obviously, being named the starter going into the season, and then kind of everyone's looking at you. Um, that's definitely a, a role that you have to fill, but then some adversity happens, um, and then you're not on the field, and, and maybe not as many eyes are on you, but you can still be encouraging your teammates. You can, uh, in the locker room, just, just patting them on the back whenever they get off the field, too, um, telling them what you see on the field. So I've been trying to, trying to really find that balance, and I thought I did uh, pretty well with that. Yeah, your, your teammates and coach, I know, would echo the, the same thoughts. Getting into this week and this Michigan team, and, you know, it's a, it's a physical, everyone talks about the physicality of this team and this defense. Uh, what have you seen from this Michigan team, though? I think that people would surprise some people that it's not as far off from some of these Big 12 teams that you guys have seen this year. Yeah, I mean, they're going to they're gonna be obviously pretty, uh, pretty tough up front. Uh, they always are. Um, but they're going to, secondary-wise, back end, they're probably going to be a lot of man. Um, which, I mean, we face that plenty this year. Uh, that's nothing, uh, nothing new. I mean, it just comes down to our guys making plays, just putting the ball out there and letting them make plays. As a quarterback, you going in and you seeing a bunch of man, you just kind of lick your chops knowing that you got some shots? Yeah, and then you got to lick your chops and understand that you're about to take some shots too. So, uh, I mean, you just got to get ready for that and uh, know, where, know when to get the ball out quick and where to go with it.
Yeah, I, I will say, speaking of taking shots, I, I think, you know, not only the offensive line, but, you know, just being around and, and watching the film of these guys, too, and, and, and your teammates, the, the, your running backs have done a, a really nice job in pass protection. And, and, you know, not a lot of guys with that kind of talent also willing to step up to the line of scrimmage and, and smoke a linebacker as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they've, they've done a great job. I mean, all of them, not just, not just from the one. They've done them all. I mean, uh, they've done a great job with that, and, and that's kind of the selflessness of this team. I mean, sure, whenever you don't have the ball in your hand, what are you going to do? And we've been responding well. Well, it, you know, selflessness, it, you know, it goes to you as well. And, and uh, again, a great representation of, of TCU and your teammates. And we wish you all the best this week and moving forward as well. Chandler, thanks a lot. Here at Marcel Brooks. And Marcel, not many people know this, or maybe they do, in, this, in the spring, you called this, right? You were the one to talk about, you know, being in the national championship hunt where no one else thought that. Yeah, nah, uh, it's pretty good. It's pretty cool to watch, to see how everything's kind of rolling out, being able to speak things in existence and watch things play out for itself. It's been really good watching the boys work and being a part of the, uh, being able to be a part of this uh, glory that we have going on right now. And, and physically, I know Marcel, it's been it's been tough for you this year. You, you know, you, you play your heart out, and you've had a, a couple injuries. First of all, tell us how you how you're feeling physically, and, and then also how tough this has been to be on this run, uh, and and you know, and be injured at the same time. Yeah. Well, at the same time, it's been uh, hard, but sometimes it makes it. It's been not sometimes. It's been making it really easy for me, really being around my teammates, being able to laugh, and being able to uh, just now start walking after having surgery like six weeks ago. So I've been really enjoying the process. I have had a couple injuries this year during the bumps and bruises during the road, but I've been really enjoying myself in the process. Marcel, you're still looked at by your teammates and your coaches as a leader. Um, how has that been challenging, and what have you done to continue to lead uh, through this injury? Uh, you know, leading is something that you really naturally start to do. You know, when you have to act like you're a leader or try to stand in the mirror and tell yourself that you're a leader, it's something that you're not, you know. So something that I just wake up breathing doing is being a leader and being able to be there for my teammates and being able to get back to things as quick as possible, especially when you get injured, being able to bounce back and being able to be in a full circle with your teammates and just showing them that you're there. You know, known you for a long time, and, and, and looking at your situation, you know, you were during the world event. You're at uh, at LSU, and there's some things going on there. But it, it, it seems like you really found a home here yeah. and a family type environment yeah. at, at TCU. Tell me a little bit about that. Uh, it's been really, I've been really enjoying the new journey of my life, especially this this part of the journey of my college career. Uh, been been in college for four years now and being able to uh, just now find a home and being able to find people that understand me for who I am has been really good. Uh, Sonny Dykes and Coach Joe and a lot of guys on the staff have been really good to me and been able to help me uh, just proceed in life, you know what I mean, and being able to uh, accomplish all my goals and being able to have them behind me as well. So it's been really good. You know, talk about you, you talked about the fit, some of the family environment and all that stuff, but from a football standpoint, you've played a lot of positions, right? You've played on, on both sides of the ball, uh, have played, you know, in the back end, have played on the line of scrimmage. You're now in a stacked linebacker. Um, personally, I think it's a perfect fit. Uh, tell me a little bit about finally kind of finding a home in terms of the football side of things, too. You know, uh, playing different types of positions, being in different types of meeting rooms, I've been learning a lot a lot of football and just being able to put a lot of football on my plate, you know, uh, 
being able to find this new position, being able to play the star position and this new defense of Joe's uh, has been really fun. It's been able to uh, just move around the guys, been able to let other people play fast as well as me playing fast. So I've been really liking uh, being able to play in this position. I could really play anything. I'll enjoy it because I'm playing football. Well, you know, you've played a bunch of positions. You've learned a lot of football. You're also coaching during football camp during that first interview, you know, that first injury. And so you'll be a guy that I look to hire someday as a football coach. Uh, before we finish off here, you're heading into into the Fiesta Bowl. Um, you know, tell us a little bit about this experience heading into uh, playing in the college playoff and, and just what it means to you and your teammates. Uh, I mean, just the experience alone is, uh, is very good, you know, being able to go on a long undefeated streak like that and to be able to even just have the experience in the championship uh, playoffs, you know what I mean? And being able to be in the playoffs, it's like my second time being in college playoffs, so uh, it's been really fun. I've been really enjoying my time. I've been really enjoying this team. Can't wait to really see how far this TCU team and this culture can go, you know? Awesome, well we appreciate your time. It's always great to see you, as you know, and uh, we look forward and good luck this week. Good stuff there from Coach David Bowden catching up with our Horn Frog players there at that event in Dallas for the Flying Tea Club at Heim Barbecue. All right, time to shift gears a little bit here. Let's talk about track and field. Now, crank it back up again in January. They've got some multi-sport athletes. Well, I say multi-sport. It's multi-event, if you will. These guys are true student athletes. Let's find out what they're going through in preparation for that January season right now. Mainly just the Institute. I'm really big on my academics. I wanted to make sure that, you know, I'm getting a good coach as well as a really good education. And TCU is definitely one of my top picks out the bat just because of how good their academics are already. Coach Chu, she really sold me uh, on this place. And I like it both athletically and academically. I feel like it has everything that I want. And I have family in Texas as well, so it's nice to be um, a drive to family if if I choose. It's been difficult. I feel like um, I've always been like pretty disciplined when it comes to my academics and uh, this first semester I really had to just stick to my daily schedule because if you know I take free time and do nothing with it then I won't be productive but it's really been um, just staying disciplined, sticking with my schedule and just doing the best I could. It definitely tested my mental strength. <laughs> um, you know, as hard as it was physically to recover, mentally it was just as hard. Um, just because, you know, you're pushed so far back from what you're originally doing. You know, I broke the school record, made it to Big 12 as a freshman, and then just all of that going down the drain after I tore my ACL. You know, it's just a really long journey that you have to mentally prepare for. Um, just to get back to where you were and you have to remind yourself that you can get back to where you were you know it is a detrimental you know injury but you can always get back to where you were and even further all right that's going to do it for this week's edition of frogs today don't worry don't fret even though it's the holidays we're going to be with you again next week don't forget you can go to frogstoday.com click on our shop tab Find yourself some Frogs Today swag you might want to pick up for Christmas. How about that? Sounds like a good gift idea, doesn't it? And, and as always, we want you to share, comment, like, but most importantly, subscribe to frogstoday.com and to our YouTube channel. From all of us here at Frogs Today, happy holidays. Merry Christmas to you. Look forward to seeing you back here again next week. Have yourself a great weekend. Frogs Today is brought to you by The Flying Tea Club, supporting TCU student-athletes, and by Richard's Rainwater. Say hello to the water of tomorrow.
Frogs Today is a production of Roxo Media House. Roxo Media House.